Hi, and welcome to Straight Shot Radio. My name is Johnny Slick, and I'm the owner and head coach at Straight Shot Training. My friends have always made fun of me for how meticulous I am at warming up, but I've always been this way. For me, warming up correctly has always just felt right. But the more I studied various warm-up methods and the science behind them, the more convinced I am of the importance of priming the body for exercise. Not only does it help you move in better positions to keep you safe during exercise, but it can actually improve your performance. In today's episode, I want to share with you why I feel a specific warm-up strategy is such an integral part of a training program and how you can implement these tactics into your own workouts to have you moving well and feeling great. If you search for articles and studies on warming up and the prevention of injuries, you're going to find a lot of conflicting evidence. This is largely because of the types of warm-ups they were doing and the methods they were using to record injuries. So when it comes to static stretching or holding a muscle to a point of a stretch for a period of time and preventing injuries, it doesn't seem to help. There are even some studies that show that it decreases your performance by doing these long held stretches before you work out. However, the types of stretches or mobilizations that I prefer and that we're going to be talking about today really haven't been included in a lot of these studies yet because they aren't as widespread in the science community. However, they've been extremely prevalent in physical therapy offices for years and are now even commonplace in the strength and conditioning community. So I'm talking about the term mobility. So you may have heard of mobility. It's different than flexibility because mobility is movement specific. So think of stretching as just trying to lengthen a muscle, whereas mobility, we're trying to get you into a greater range of motion in some type of movement. So that's how it's different than flexibility. We're not stretching just to stretch a muscle. We're going deep into ranges of motion that we'll need to access once we're in a workout. So think of squatting deeper or being able to reach overhead with your arms straight and not feel like they're going to be pulled forward whenever you're reaching overhead. So the types of mobility that I like to use, and we're going to be talking about today, are joint capsule mobilizations, banded traction or distraction, mobilizing in positions of restriction, and plenty of posture-specific work. For joint capsule mobilizations, I'm actually attempting to articulate the bone within the joint's capsule. So to put this in terms that might be easier to understand, if you've ever taken apart an entire chicken, you're going to notice this gristly tissue around where the legs meet the rest of the body. You have this same joint capsule in your hips and in your shoulders. It's what holds the bone in that joint. In addition to all the muscles around it, we have this joint capsule that is mobile and your bone can move in and out of it in places that it's supposed to be and places when it's not supposed to, or places where it's not supposed to be there. Because many of our daily activities pull our bones away from these capsules where they're supposed to be suctioned into so that they can roll and slide properly. So when you mobilize the joint capsule, you typically want to do things that push it into the posterior end or the back of the capsule while rotating into positions you're going to use later. So this isn't a muscle stretch, mind you. This is this is joint manipulation. Physical therapists have always done this on patients, but now we know how to teach it as trainers to clients so that they can do it on themselves. So this is a joint capsule mobilization. It's not a muscle stretch. After these mobilizations, you can then move the joint the way it's supposed to move, thus preventing you from moving in bad positions that can pull or strain muscles, and it'll allow you to move in more mechanically advantageous positions, which means better lifts or bigger numbers or better running form, faster times, etc. So we always like to start, and I always like to start in my personal warm-ups, with making sure that the joint is moving 
in the correct pathway that's supposed to. And in order to do that, it has to be in the back of the capsule for most things. For traction work or banded distraction, this is where I like to use bands to pull the, the limbs. Typically upper body, I do this a lot with. I do it sometimes for lower body. We're trying to pull the limbs into ranges of motion using this, these elastic bands to allow for a deeper stretch. So now again, these are not static stretches. We're not just holding onto something and letting it pull our arm. Once the arm or leg is pulled into that end range, so into a range that you can't typically pull your arm into, something is helping pull you into it, you're going to rotate, flex, relax the muscles, move in and out of the stretch, scour around to find the tight spots in that position, all while using that band to help pull you into that position. So one of my favorites for this is having a band around my wrist pulling me into extension. So extension is your arm reaching behind you. So while my arm is behind me, one arm at a time, being pulled, so I'm walking away from the rack or whatever I had this band attached to, I'm going to rotate internally and externally. So think turning my palm up, turning my palm down. I'm rotating while this band is pulling me into extension. So this frees up the muscles that cause your shoulders to round forward in things like the bench press or bent over rows or pull-ups, things that if the muscles in the front of your body are tight, you pull your shoulders forward. This helps pull your shoulders back. So if you have a job that requires you to drive a lot or work on a computer, this is a good stretch to really open up the chest before you start lifting so you can get the most out of your workout and you're moving in safer positions so you don't get injured during your workout. So the whole time we're stretching these big prime mover muscles, so think of your, your pecs and your deltoids, uh, your biceps, we're contracting the stabilizers, think your rotator cuff muscles, rhomboids, middle back muscles, we're contracting the stabilizers to make sure the joint stays in a good position. So remember back with our joint capsule mobilization, we're trying to get the joint in a good position. The next thing we're doing is stretching these tight muscles around the joints to make sure that we can move in and out of this good joint position. So you don't want to stretch in a, in a bad position. So that's why we do joint capsule mobilizations first. Then we use this, these banded traction or banded distraction uh, movements primarily for upper body so that we can mobilize in good positions. If you mobilize in poor positions, it'll teach you how to move incorrectly in your workouts. So just because a stretch feels good, if your shoulders super rounded forward or your back super arched, or your hips are doing something crazy, uh, it's just gonna teach you to end up in that position when you're working out. We always wanna be in good positions, both when we mobilize and when we work out. So we're keeping, let's go back to that, that stretch I was talking about with my arm in extension and I'm rotating. I'm keeping my shoulder blade pulled back so I can keep my rotator cuff pulling my shoulder in a good position because your rotator cuff acts as like a suction cup along with that joint capsule. And so I'm rotating, teaching my arm how to move while my rotator cuff keeps it in a good position and the joint capsule is in a, is or the bone is in a good position in the joint capsule so that I can learn how to rotate with my arm in extension so that whenever I go to bench press and I'm lowering the bar because when you lower the bar your your arm ends up in extension and it ends up in in some level of rotation as it goes down so as it's going into extension and internal rotation I can keep my shoulders back, I can keep my rotator cuff keeping my shoulders in a healthy position so that I can effectively and safely bench press with good mechanics because 
of these mobilizations I did prior to lifting. And I'm only doing them for 45 seconds to a minute and I'm not hold, holding long stretches that are really stretching out my pecs that are gonna make them weaker during the workout. Like I said earlier, static stretching can lead to decreased power output in a workout. So don't think of mobilizations as stretches that are going to decrease your performance on lifts. Think of them as preparatory exercises that will actually have you have better range of motion and better power output when it comes to your actual exercises in your workout. So we'll get right back to this mobility talk in just a second. But first, here's a quick promo for an upcoming podcast I'd like you all to check out once you're done this episode. Coming soon to the airwaves from the DC TV Podcast Network, the Krypton Podcast, your source for all things related to the upcoming Krypton TV show on sci-fi. All right, welcome back. Next, we have mobilizing in positions of restriction. So take a movement like a squat. If you feel tight in your inner thighs in that bottom position, or your back rounds out when you get to the bottom, or your calves feel super tight, your heels come up, um, you end up on your toes in the bottom of the squat, we want to mobilize each of these joints near that restricted position to unrestrict it and allow you to move deeper into that movement. So I like a stretch we nicknamed FERB, F-E-R-B. It stands for Flexion External Rotation Bias. So it's a fancy way of saying getting your leg into the position that is going to be in, in a squat, which is exaggerating the range of motion that you typically can't get into with both your legs on a squat. We're just gonna put one leg up on a box. So we'll, I'll explain this in a second, but this is a mobilization for squatting and lunging. And we use this a lot because we can bias one leg at a time and really figure out where those tight spots are and help people move in better positions when it comes to squatting and lunging. So you're gonna have one leg up on a box, so one foot up on the box, the other foot on the ground, and you're going to move through your restrictive range to open up the inner thigh and ankle while getting your hips to relax into flexion and external rotation, which is what squatting is at the level of the hips. So your leg is up on a box, foot down on the ground, you're pushing your knee out, you're pushing your knee forward, your foot stays flat and straight forward on this box, and you're you're gonna feel a lot of stretch in the back of the hip, front of the hip, ankle, maybe in your quads if you're if you're really tight in your quads since you're really compressing that, that knee, you're getting full flexion of the ankle, full flexion of the knee, full flexion of the hip, and external rotation. We're really exaggerating the squat by just doing it on one leg at a time. So since you bias one leg at a time into a deep squat position, you're gonna remove these tight spots that are keeping you from having a great deep squat with both legs at the same time. And this is an easy one to kind of figure out on your own when it comes to mobilizing positions of restriction because you figure out where am I tight in this movement and then try to get into an exaggerated, unloaded version of that and move around in and out of that range. So if you're tight overhead, you can even do this with me right now. Walk over to a wall, reach up your arms as straight as you can, put them on the wall, maybe stand like uh, 18 inches away from the wall with your hands on the wall, push your chest through your arms, like you're pushing your chest into the wall, and you'll feel that big stretch maybe in the front of your chest, maybe in your lats underneath your arms. That's your position of restriction when you're going overhead. So we're mobilizing the position of restriction by moving in and out of it so that that no longer is a position of restriction for us. Again, remember not to compromise your spinal stability for the sake of getting greater range. That's going to defeat the whole purpose. So when you do that stretch where I just said, put your hands on the wall, push your chest through, just make sure that you keep your abs tight 
Always keep your abs tight. Don't round or arch your back while mobilizing your hips or your shoulders. Now, if we're doing a thoracic spine mobilization, you're still going to need to keep your abs tight so you don't arch at your low back. But we do want to move at your middle back. And that actually leads us into our final mobilization technique, which is posture-specific work. So almost every single one of my workouts includes something to mobilize my thoracic spine. Your thoracic spine is, is the part of your spine that's between like where your ribs start and the base of your neck. That's your T-spine. So anything where your ribs are going to be connecting is kind of the, the middle portion of your spine. That's your T-spine. Many things that we do all day long with driving and texting and working on computers and watching TV, etc., pulls our head and shoulders forward and our upper back rounds forward. So this makes it hard to get your arms overhead. It makes it hard to push and pull correctly. It even makes it hard to squat correctly with an upright torso under load, which can lead to shoulder, low back, and hip injuries. So this is where you want to perform some extension mobilization. So flexion pulls your, short, your shoulders and your head and your spine forward. Extension pulls everything back that way. Not extension at your low back, where we arch it. We want extension in your middle back, your T-spine. So we're gonna do some extension mobilizations for your middle back to correct that poor posture. You can use a foam roller. You can uh, lay your middle back over a medicine ball or my favorite, take two lacrosse balls and tape them together like making a peanut shape. And you're going to set those two lacrosse balls on either side of your spine since that middle section is open. It allows your spine to actually sit in there so you're not like rolling really hard over your actual spine. Since they're on either side, you stick that, start down like maybe take like your bottom two ribs and go up just a little bit up from that. Keep your abs tight, grab your shoulder blades like you're hugging yourself and then relax over the ball and then come back up and then move it up a section of your back. Keep working up each section as you get some extension over it until you get up to the top of your shoulder blades. Don't roll out over your neck and don't go down to your low back with these two lacrosse balls. You don't really need to if you're trying to create extension in the T-spine. So we're trying to restore some extension all while keeping your abs tight so your low back doesn't arch. Again, we're trying to teach the body to have extension where we want extension and then no movement where we don't want movement. We don't want to move at your lower back when a weight is overhead or a weight is on your shoulders. You can move at your lower back. You should be able to get full flexion and extension throughout your spine, but not under loads. Your L-spine, your lumbar spine, so think everything from where your T-spine starts or ends, below your ribs down to your hips. That's your L-spine. You don't want that to be moving around while you're under load, whether the load's on your back or overhead. That's when you pinch discs, you can aggravate nerves, you can pull and strain muscles. So you've got to keep your abs tight, and that keeps your low back from arching. If your butt's tight and your abs tight, your low back can't arch. Then you can just get extension through that T-spine, and it feels great. Most people, once they start doing this, they want to do it all the time because it cracks their back. It feels great. They feel like they have better posture. You can breathe better. You feel more relaxed. And then, again, the whole point of what we're talking about today, your lifts are better and your lifts are safer because you're moving in better positions. Now, this is a topic for a future episode, but immediately after mobilizing, you need to perform some movements in and out of these ranges of motion to actually create some change. So we've done these mobilizations to try to get some new range of motion. But if you don't learn how to create tension in these ranges of motion or be able to move in and out of them, I know this sounds kind of vague, but think about a squat. We've opened up the hips, we've opened up around the knees, we've opened up the ankles. You can now sit into a very deep squat. 
if you don't actually do some squats in and out of that range of motion, all of that work that you've done to create that range of motion is basically for nothing because you never taught your body how to utilize that range of motion. You can do all of those mobilizations, not work out, and the next day go to squat and you're not going to have access to that range of motion anymore. So this is why I perform prehab movements or preparatory exercises prior to heavy lifting. So let's say I mobilize my hips, ankles, T-spine. Before I do some heavy squats, I'm going to do some different squat variations like uh, Cossack squats or side lunges or split squats or a wide stance squat or a narrow stance squat or a wall squat where I have a band around my legs. Some different squat variations where I'm really trying to feel myself activate the muscles that pull me into this range of motion that I want to use when I'm actually loaded up with a bar. So I do all of that prior to my heavy lifting. And yes, it takes some time. And that's why my friends make fun of me. But it has made a dramatic improvement in the way myself and my clients move, feel, and perform both in and out of the gym. If you're interested in what all of these things look like, all of these mobilizations and more are available on my YouTube channel. You can just search Straight Shot Training on YouTube. There's also a playlist on there for foam rolling. Now, I want to quickly mention I'm a big fan of foam rolling and soft tissue work, like using lacrosse balls, um, getting uh, soft tissue work by, with manual therapy, so massage therapists, rolfers, physical therapists. That's all great, but typically you don't want to do that before a workout unless you're super, super tight. Like if you physically, your muscles are so tight you can't get into a good position overhead or a good squatting position or good lunging position, a good deadlift position, you may need to do some rolling out first. But typically foam rolling or lacrosse ball work you should do after your workout. The reason why is rolling or that pressure on the muscle sends a relaxation response to the muscle. So you're rolling and telling your muscle chill out, relax, don't be so tight. And then you expect it to move a heavy load when you're saying, hey, all right, time to get tight again, let's go. Or, or to carry you through a running or cycling pattern. So you're getting it all to relax, then you're asking it to get really, really tight again. So if you're chronically tight in maybe your lats or your hamstrings or your glutes, mobilize well, move in really good positions when you lift and focus on moving in good positions. And then when you're finished your workout, then roll out. If you want these mobility strategies programmed for you, though, uh, so you don't have to figure out how to make all this work along with the program, that's what we're here for. So check out straightshottraining.com. We have details on subscription to our workout programming service. You can also connect with us there or on social media using the handle at straightshottraining and ask me any question you have regarding mobility or what mobilizations to use for what different exercises. I would love to send you links to the YouTube videos that I have out there for everybody to use. I know it's kind of hard to find them because if you're not used to doing this and you're not used to programming workouts for other people, you wouldn't even know where to start. I totally get that, which is why I have this podcast because I want you to to learn some things that I've learned over the past you know decade of training, and I want you to be able to share them with your friends. So just hit me up on any one of those platforms that you want to find me, and I would love to send you uh, some information back and some videos back, uh, just so that you can start to to learn how to move better, so that you can feel really good and not be getting injured in the gym and enjoy doing things outside of the gym as a product of the fitness level that you've built when you're in the gym. 
I really appreciate you taking the time to listen today. If you have an extra second, you can leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. That would be awesome. Again, I hope you found today's info helpful and you're able to incorporate some of these strategies to have you moving well and feeling great. Thank you again so much for listening and have a great week, everybody. Thank you.